Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man walah. Imam al-Nawawi's Riyadu al-Saliheen is an immensely blessed hadith collection that has been cherished by Muslims for over seven centuries. In this series, Sheikh Yahya Rodas gives brief commentary on each of the hadiths in this collection, helping us to follow the sunnah of our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. this is hadith number 68 in the last hadith in the chapter on muraqaba an umar radiyallahu anhu an nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam qala la yusalu rajulu fi ma darba mar'atahu rahu abu dawud so that this uh, translates as Sayyidina umar radiyallahu anhu narrates that the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that a man should not be asked at why he reprimanded his wife and um, this hadith is uh, one of the hadith that might be a little bit difficult for to be understood in the context of the way that the vast majority of people live in our day and age. But if you look at the commentaries, they explain what, what was the meaning of our Prophet ﷺ of these words. And it's important to note that whenever we try to understand a hadith like this, we have to understand it in the full context. And in a brief reading, we're not able to go into all of those details, but... We know that our Prophet ﷺ was sent as a mercy to all of the worlds. And we know that he ﷺ was also a Bashir and a Nadir. He was a giver of glad tidings and he was also a warner ﷺ. And he that was a means of the upliftment of every human being on the face of this earth. And there's no doubt despite everything that was mentioned, there are Jalali manifestations of his Sunnah as there's Jamali manifestations of his Sunnah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his job was to convey on behalf of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and we know that in relation to him specifically as is mentioned in the hadith that our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam never hit a person not a man nor a woman he never hit a servant Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he never even hit his riding beast Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so this was his sunnah, and this is his way, and this is the best way to be in general in all of our manifestations and our relationships, that familiar relationships, and with others. And he is the guide, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And then the Sharia governs what is within the realm of permissibility. As for this specific hadith, the commentators mention this is because that if someone were to be asked about a particular instance of that, why that one reprimanded his spouse is that it might lead to that people coming to know the cause which would that cause them embarrassment amongst people and this is the primary meaning that they mention here is that so is that there is an attempt in Sharia to veil what happens behind closed doors and so this is 
that one of the wisdoms of this is to that veil that what someone actually might have done so that it doesn't become widespread and known in society and amongst people. And the uh, uh, other aspect of this is that uh, uh, in relation to protecting the rights uh, of people, uh, this is very important that we understand that our Prophet ﷺ came to preserve the rights of everybody. And in a society where honor was important, that certain things becoming known to people that could have taken from their status in society and that caused them much harm. And so this is why our Prophet ﷺ mentioned this. As for if it reached the point where someone transgressed the legal bounds of the sacred law, this is a situation where they would be questioned. So this is in no means a license or a means to that lead to the harm or hurt of someone. And this is why that the Sharia clearly defines the limit as being that that it can't that harm anyone in any way, a bruise, let alone anything above all of that. So if it would go beyond that, then it would be perfectly valid for it to be brought to the attention of people to exact justice in this particular instance. So this is how we should understand this hadith. And why did Imam now include it in the Bab al-Muraqabah, which is about vigilance? He says, because in this situation, to preserve what was mentioned is that people need to have muraqabah of Allah and recognize that Allah Ta'ala sees them. They might not be asked about something for the reasons mentioned, but they need to have muraqabah, Allah sees them. And so we should be very, very careful to that make sure we conduct ourselves in a way behind closed doors with our spouses, with our children, in situations where no one that might even be able to come to know what it is that transpires behind those closed doors. We should have muraqabah and realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees us. And to know on the day of judgment, if we wrong anyone, whether it be our spouse or our children, we will be taken to account. And that on the day of judgment, that on that day that a man will flee from his brother, and his mother and his father, and his wife and his children. And if you wronged your spouse, or if you wronged any one of your children, they will take their rights from you on Yom Al-Qiyam, even if you are their husband, you were their husband in the dunya, and you were their father in the dunya. The nature of that, uh, the justice, this is the justice from of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is why he mentioned the Bab Muraqab, may Allah wa ta'ala bless us, be able to interact with everyone and everything with the highest degree of ihsan and according to the sunnah of our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then he, in chapter 6, it's the Babun fit taqwa. This is the chapter on taqwa. In the first verse that he mentions is, قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنَتْ تَقُوا اللَّهَ حَكَّ تُقَاتِهِ O you who believe, have taqwa of Allah and that the way that you should have taqwa. So if you translate it as fear or mindfulness of Allah, that be mindful in the law and in the way that you he should you should be mindful towards him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the haqqatuqatih. What do the scholars say about this? And uh, this is something that should move us 
very deeply and impact us very deeply. That Allah Ta'ala is obeyed and He's not disobeyed. That He's remembered and He's not forgotten. As that He's thanked and that we don't show ungratefulness to Him. And so this is something that when we read this verse, yeah, we're supposed to give taqwa its right, give Allah his right and what he's due in relation to mindfulness of him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they mention the connection between this chapter and the chapter before it, because if someone has muraqaba and is vigilant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all of their different states, is that it will lead them to do what is right, to avoid prohibitions and to fulfill the commandments, which is exactly what taqwa is, and the word taqwa comes from wiqaya, which is protection. In other words, we are putting barriers of protection between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why some of them will speak about the five degrees of taqwa. Is it trying to that avoid anything that would be disbelief? And then secondly, ridding your life of the haram. And then thirdly, ridding your life of the shubuhat, of the doubtful matters. And you could include in that maybe as well, like what is makru, inoffensive. So every time that you that move up in degree of taqwa, there's a further barrier between you and the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the fourth level is that being very careful about what you indulge in from what is permissible. And the highest degree of taqwa is taqwa al-khatr al-qalb, where you don't even want to forget Allah for a single moment, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so even though we translate taqwa as fear, as we move up in the degrees of taqwa, one of the greatest ways to attain the highest degree of taqwa is love of Allah. Because you can't that be constant in the remembrance of Allah that you, you don't love your Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then what you fear is when you love Allah, that you'll be distant from Him. That you'll be prevented from the abode of His contentment subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he quotes the verse, وَقَالَ تَعَالَى فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ That so fear Allah the best you can. And that Imam Nawi says, And this verse clarifies the meaning of the first verse. Is that you do what it is that you can. Have taqwa to the degree possible, and the higher degree of taqwa, the more beloved you are to Allah, and the closer you are to His mercy, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So inshallah we'll go into more detail about taqwa in the future. That uh, lessons may Allah Tabarakullah give us tawfiq and bless us to be people of Marakaba, bless us to be people of taqwa, and to bless us to move up in the degrees of closeness to Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyid Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sallam wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Thank you for listening to one of Al Maqasid's online educational offerings. Our mission at Al Maqasid is to cultivate holistic learning environments rooted in knowledge, devotion, and service by providing full-time, part-time, online, and community programs. For more information, please visit our website at almaqasid.org and connect with our other online content at almaqasid.org backslash connect.